This is the Mental Debriefing Podcast with your hosts, Peter Tam and Leslie Q. Okay, this is the Mental Debriefing Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Tam, and with me is Leslie Q. Yes, the (laughs) co-host. And today is episode zero, zero, where we'll uh, do a brief intro about um, who we are, why we want to do this podcast, and what this podcast is about. So, Leslie, Mm -hmm. how did we uh, first meet? Well, um, we used to work for an insurance company. And I have a very vivid memory of when I first met Peter. (laughs) And he was hitting on all the girls at work. And I remember one of the girls actually told him to fuck off. (laughs) And of course, I felt really bad for him. Um, So then I befriended Peter. And he's actually a really great guy. But a lot of people don't get to see the very kind-hearted person that he is. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And you know what I found that out was when we climbed Mount Whitney. So we climbed Mount Whitney, and it it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. But when we were coming down from climbing Mount Whitney, we had run out of water and food. And Peter was the first one to help me and my now husband at the time, Frank. He had water for us. He actually had boiled some, didn't you boil water or something? I don't know, but you had water and food there for us. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, what a nice guy. Like he was like so worried about us and he helped us and everything. So I remember at that moment realizing what a thoughtful person he was. Oh yeah, that was a uh, very exciting trip. I remember um, we were like in the van and then we stopped at the uh, gas station, and then I said some random comment. I said several random comments, and then um, Leslie couldn't stop laughing for some reason. I didn't even think there were funny comments, but um, it was a very entertaining time. And uh, yeah. we, our coworker Lucas, had um, arranged a hike through Mount Whitney that he deceivingly thought was very easy for us but it turned out to be uh, much harder because the snowpack it was during memorial day so the snowpack was thick and he made it sound like it was going to be an easy hike when it wasn't so it was a very uh, trying time for our character but um peter what made you decide to start this podcast sorry switching gears yes switching gears here (laughs) But I'm really uh, privileged to be part of this with you. I think this is really um, just fun, something different. But what made you want to start a podcast? Um, well, I've been a fan of listening to a lot of podcasts. I know uh, you're a fan of the Joe Rogan experience. I'm a fan of the Joe Rogan experience. Um, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts all day because um, sometimes I do DoorDash on the side, um, which is a food delivery service, and uh, I, I learn a lot by listening to podcasts in my car. And do you have any favorite podcasts, Leslie? Um, yes, 
In addition to the Joe Rogan experience, I also listened to Tim Ferriss. Um, kind of similar. He has different experts come on his show, and um, it's really interesting. I also listened to the Savvy Psychologist, which is very informative. Highly recommend it. <clears throat> and um, oh, so Thrive with Ariana Huffington. That's also a really good podcast. And um, 10% Happier. So I got I recently got into meditating, which Ooh. I find very helpful. And I recommend to everyone. It's, it's not easy. It's difficult to sit there with your, just for, first of all, just to find the time and to just like sit there and observe your thoughts. But it's very helpful. If anyone's interested, 10% Happier is a really good podcast for that. Um, yeah, so those are just a few of the podcasts that I listen to. Okay, and I think for myself, why I want to do a podcast is because I feel a lot of podcasts are run by uh, comedians because they're good with um, verbally communicating through a microphone because that's what they do all day as their job. But I, I've feel there's a need for two um, random people to one Asian, one Latina to <laughs> to provide um, some viewpoints from our Southern California um, lifestyles on um, current events, some uh, dating adventures for myself. We plan on Having this podcast as a self-improvement type of podcast, finding yourself. We're going to talk about some MMA because we're both big fans of MMA. And of course, another big portion of our podcast would be book reviews. Um, so we have some book reviews lined up where we're going to dive into some books and discuss whether we recommend uh, you guys to read the books or not. Anything you want to add, Leslie? As far as what we're going to cover in the podcast? Yes. Um, we may also discuss nutrition, um, considering that I'm a grad student. I'm currently getting my master's in nutritional science to be a registered dietitian. And I know there's a lot of questions about that, so we might delve into that uh, depending on the situation. But um, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Okay, so continuing on regarding, um, so we've been friends for like 10 years now. Um, we were co-workers for a long time um, at said insurance company. Then we also switched offices. Uh, we had uh, worked in Orange County. Then we worked uh, in the Inland Empire. Then um, one day I saw that you were reading a bunch of uh, nutrition books. And then... Um, what happened next? So I took a class because I found that nutrition was really important. So I actually thought it was important for me to formally educate myself on nutrition. So I took a class. So after work, I would go to this night class. And the professor mentioned that she worked as a registered dietitian at a hospital. And I had never heard of a registered dietitian, to be honest. And she would share what she did at the hospital and I just found that that really appealed to me. It was something that I thought I would, I would um, 
it just really spoke to me. And so after taking the class, I decided this is what I really want to do. Um, I want to be a registered dietitian. So after taking that class, I, for the next year, I saved up my money and I made a plan for myself. Okay, how was I going to become a registered dietitian? So I went online, I went out to eatright.org and figured out, you know, what I needed to do to get there. And so I created this plan for myself. I gave myself a year and a half to complete the prerequisites to get into grad school because my undergrad was in an unrelated field. It was in business. So I had to complete um, quite a few prerequisites. I had to do anatomy, physiology, microbiology, chemistry, and I completed all that in a year and a half in addition to taking the GRE, which you also have to take for some graduate um, programs. Got that done. Um, applied to one graduate school, it was the one that I wanted to get into because it's a coordinated dietetics program, meaning that they coordinate your internship for you as well. And I knew I was putting all my eggs in one basket, but I decided this was worth it and I was going to do it. And luckily I um, was accepted and I just finished my last semester of grad school before I start my rotations. In so if you're thinking of making a career change, you can absolutely do it. It is very difficult. It's very hard. But if you set your mind to it and make a plan for yourself, you can absolutely do it. Now, Leslie, um, why were you drawn to What gave you the um, feeling that you wanted to pursue something completely unrelated to what you were doing for your, most of your professional career? I just think nutrition is so fascinating, especially when we start talking about um, or learning about the biochemistry side of it and how vitamins and minerals are essential for these different biochemical pathways. I thought that was very fascinating. Um, and one of my passions is diabetes. And my both my grandmother and my uncle both passed away from diabetes and there's a need to help those people and I that's that's what I want to do. I, I really am passionate about that and I want to help people. Uh, currently I work at an eating disorder facility. It's another passion of mine and it's been very it's been both challenging and rewarding at the same time. And I it, it's really fun for me. It's something that I enjoy doing. Just talking about nutrition. It's something that I enjoy. Okay. That's a very motivational topic, or your story was very motivational. It was for me. And what year was, do you remember what year it was? When I started this? When you decided that you wanted to pursue nutrition. Well, I quit August 2014, but a whole year prior to that, that's when I was like working overtime, saving my money, developing a plan. So it took a whole year in order for me to have everything or to have my plan set and have enough money so that I could quit and pay for classes and stuff like that. But August of 2014 is when I officially quit and I started this journey. And it is now um, We're in 2018 June now. 2018, so it's been a long time. Yeah, that's been, um, what, four years? But it went by quickly, I think. Yeah. What about you, Peter? When did you decide that you no longer wanted to work in insurance? And Yeah, so back in um, 
you know, I um, I saw Leslie had decided to uh, pull the plug on her insurance career, and I proceeded to continue working in insurance because I didn't really have a plan. I didn't know where I wanted to go. Um, there was um, thoughts about going with the company to a different state, and that was... Uh, December 2015, January 2016, um, I kind of backed away from that, um, unfortunately, so. You actually got uh, a job offer. Yeah, I got a job offer, and then I backed away from that, so, um, it just didn't feel right, but, um, so then I continued working, uh, in insurance for another year, um. I didn't really have an exit strategy either um, because there's there's a whole thing when you're working and and then our overtime was extended because there was a lot of work to do and I, I mean I was I was rolling into the office at 9 9 10 because um, they stopped taking like uh, attendance if you were on time at 9 <laughs> or not so i used to roll, roll in at 9 nine fifteen. then i'd stay there till like freaking 8 because um there was just so many files to do and um it was a brutal life um i remember the lights were you know the office lights are on and then the uh janitorial service comes and goes then you're looking out the window it's completely dark and then you're the only one still in the freaking office. And uh, I was just thought in my mind that there has to be a way out. So um, eventually I found a way out. Well, eventually, um, August 2016, I bought a real estate. Uh, I enrolled in real estate classes. And then I kind of wasted time a bit um, towards the end of 2016, beginning of 2017. Um, then I ramped, ramped things up regarding, um, the insurance class, I mean, the not insurance, the real estate classes. And then after that, um, December, 2017, I uh, quit my insurance job and then I passed my real estate test December, 2017 in San, in uh, beautiful San Diego, California. And after that, um, I now work as a realtor, which is fulfilling to say the least. So that's how both of us decided to, um, take off from insurance into more fulfilling careers. Okay. So, uh, transitioning on here, it's getting, uh, quite warm here in my, uh, non-air conditioned condo let's talk about a subject that's near and dear to our hearts which is social media how do you feel that society has become so entrenched in social media the last seven years that's a really i'd also like to add that leslie for the longest time had a non-smartphone which uh, basically cons you know didn't uh, didn't have access to all your favorite uh, websites like Facebook and and uh, Instagram and all those 
uh, fun things. We used to tease her that she didn't have the yeah. yeast. I was a late adopter, and I forcefully uh, was given a smartphone by my husband because I was being ridiculed, and I honestly didn't care. I liked having just a regular phone because I knew back then, in hindsight, that once I had a smartphone and I had access to all these apps, it was going to take up a lot of my time. And it was going to consume a large portion of my day, which I did not want. And I think that's what is happening to a lot of people is we don't have a mindful relationship with, uh, with social media. It's something that we struggle with every day. And one of the biggest pitfalls of social media is the constant comparison to other people. We're constantly comparing ourselves to other people's highlight reels. And it could be very detrimental to our mental health because it's it's hard not to feel bad about yourself when you're comparing yourself to people who have these like perfect lives even though we know for a fact that they're not perfect but it's really difficult um, to to not get down when you're comparing yourself so that's one of the pitfalls i i'm not naive to the fact that there are some great um advantages to having social media and having a smartphone for instance you know being able to listen to podcasts i absolutely um, find very um very helpful and informative but what about you what what do you think about social media and our relationship with with social media do you think okay um how do i feel about social media well I've been a very early adopter of social media. I've had Twitter since 2009, um, which is really, really gross. I had Friendster in 2003, 2002. Um, yeah, I remember going to, uh, at, at UCR's library, they had these really old school computers that were really slow, and we used to um, people tried to log on to Friendster on those said computers, and it was very, very brutal, and it took forever. But um, there was Friendster, then MySpace. I, I had all of them. Um, I had a blogger in 2001. Um, some doormates made fun of me because I had some uh, nice comments to say about a girl because um, <laughs> she had a, a nice shape. Um, but, and then, uh, Facebook, I've had that for a long ass time, 10 plus years. Um, so yeah, I argue politics on, I used to argue politics a lot on Twitter, which is not productive, um, because the problem with social media is your, your entire being is boiled down to an idea. Let's say, um, you know, you, you don't like. Uh, bullet train going to um, from LA to San Francisco you think that's a dumb idea then, then you argue about that online then your whole being is defined by that because someone can reply to you and the whole thing is um, oh yeah you're against a certain idea 
which that's all you are. So people just, um, they put you on the side of either good or evil, and then that's how they define you. And um, that's how I define others as well as, which is different than if you meet someone in real life. You, oh yeah, they're a real person. Yeah, we don't agree on some things, but we agree on other things. Um, you know, said person is an evil Lakers fan, but uh, we we like to go running together. We like to go snowboarding. You know, we have some things in common. So, you know, they're a real person. Whereas online, it's, oh my God, they're a stupid Lakers fan. And then that's it. So <laughs> it's it's really uh, quite different. So I've, I've uh, quit Twitter mostly because it's really bad. I think of all of them out there right now, Instagram's the best because it's supposed to be mostly pictures-based, so there's less arguments um, about politics and all that kind of stuff. So I, I enjoy um, Instagram the most. Of course, um, with social media, there's the whole thing regarding um, now that I'm a realtor which, and a quote-unquote entrepreneur, I have to promote myself on social media as well. So just as I was exiting a lot of social media, now I have to jump back into the shark den or the shark tank and (laughs) and then lion's den shark tank. And the problem with that is um, there's just a lot more. Now I have even more accounts because I have a business account and a personal account. So it's, it's a big mess overall. There, there's some benefits, especially if you're a business, you can reach out to a lot more people through social media, um, whereas before there was, you, you had to use tr- more traditional forms of advertising. And I, that's something that I do want to explore <clears throat> and work on is developing a more mindful relationship with social media. It's something that I have not come close to perfecting, but it's something that I'm working towards is trying to find that right balance where you're not endlessly scrolling and an hour goes by and you have a million other things to do, but the temptation is is there and it's difficult to overcome. So it's something that I'm actively trying to to work on which i know a lot of people are one more comment regarding social media i think the the switch from desktop computers onto cell phones made social media so much more uh, immersive i mean uh you know back in the day when you had your laptop or your desktop computer you go visit facebook uh, and then you know you you read some stuff, you make some comments, and then you get on with your day until, you know, if this was morning, you get on with your day until until nighttime when you come back home and then you uh, check some stuff on Facebook. So, you know, you know that's, that limits yourself to twice a day. But then with once things got on the cell phone, then it became a much more immersive experience where people just looked at it the whole time when they're eating lunch, instead of talking to the person in front of them, you, you can, I mean, there was one time, this is a tangent, but there was a, one time I was eating Chinese food, and then there was a couple sitting next to me, 
and then they were facing each other. And then both of them were eating their meals, holding their phone, one phone in their hand, chopsticks in the other hand. And then um, they were just like reading stuff online, looking, browsing at whatever's, and then they didn't talk to each other. So it was really weird. But that's the norm now, I think. When you go out, that's, I mean, whenever I go out or even family outings, it's the norm for people to be on their phones the whole time, which is unfortunate because people don't know how to interact with one another anymore because they're constantly on their phone and they use it as a clutch. And because it's, it's, it's com like people are now comfortable just being on their phones. And it, I don't know, do you feel like it's a clutch now for a lot of people? Because that way they don't have to interact, they don't have to engage. And that can be very scary for some people to engage with other people, to interact with them, especially in terms of uh, dating. I know that it's oh, a large role in your life. Uh, we're going to this subject. <laughs> yes. Um, um, I mean... <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit speechless regarding all that, but I've, I mean, back in the day, I remember in high school, like, um, you know, you ask a girl out to a dance, you, you know, you had to call them, and then when you call them, you have to, their dad answers the freaking phone, because there was no cell phones back then, so it, take, it took a lot of guts to call them, and then their dad answers, and then you ask them out, so it was a bit more, uh, that's involved and then now it's everything's is like text-based so I mean I don't I don't know what to say but it's it's less personal so um, I do like to call the the uh, I like to call the women the girls the women <laughs> I yes I like to call the women um, because it is more personal you get a leg up on your uh, competition quote unquote because um it's it's a more personal experience and you know I can talk in you know previously I had my social my oral uh, my oral my verbal skills <laughs> were less um you know I'm not the greatest conversationalist in the world but because I've I've uh, gone on literally hundreds of dates my I can talk about anything now so it's, it's helpful it's helpful to talk and to talk on the phone because you can hash things out. And I also feel that, um, I know this is also on a tangent, but like when you're talking to, let's say you're dating someone, you're talking to them on a text and it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's harder to, you don't get their tone when you're talking, communicating with them on the text. So it's, it's harder to, to communicate actually because you could be texting about something for like 30 minutes and then like a five minute phone call you could have solved the problem so I don't I don't know if this more texting oriented world that we live in is a good thing or not but um I know that's not related to social media but what well, is I mean there's so many different dating apps out there Anyways, I. I know I'm you're not. not on any of them. We're aware you're not familiar with the. Uh, and I like learning. 
Just, I, I'd like to know what it's like to date nowadays because um, I started dating my husband now before those dating apps were created. So I think it's interesting. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely different. There's, there's a lot of choice. Um, there's the perception of choice, which you had brought up. We've had this discussion before, and um, there's, there's a perception of choice nowadays because there, there has to come a point in time, um, you know, you get in a, uh, just not even an argument, you just get in like a disagreement with um, whomever you're dating, then you can just uh, open up your phone and uh, voila, there's like seemingly tons of girls out there, and this vice versa, it's like, um, instead of, even for the girls, for the women, uh, there's a disagreement, then they can go online, and then, wow, there's tons, tons of other options, seemingly tons of other options, so um, people don't work, I think, it's not a good idea to meet people um, online, even though I do that all the time, because uh, <laughs> it's it gives you a false sense of supply and then you're not willing to work on a relationship and uh, any relationship there's ups and downs so um, even there's endless opportunities seemingly seemingly endless opportunities out there so i i get it it would be hard for anyone to settle down because in the back of your head and back of your mind you're always thinking what if there's someone else better off what if there's someone else that's better for me and always having that in, your, in the back of your mind is going to entice you to, you know, keep dating because you're always thinking, what if there's someone else better or someone else out there that's better for me? Yeah, it's, it hasn't been very uh, fruitful in my case, uh, but um, towards, towards uh, the ultimate goal of uh, marrying someone that I'd like to spend the rest of my life with so you know um but i've i'm not completely jaded yet i you know i'm a hopeful guy and hopefully uh things turn out well and i meet the a uh hearty salt of the earth woman <laughs> and we can have many babies and and raise a family because i one of my old roommates on, uh, I, I read this on social media, he didn't tell me in real life, but this is what he said on social media, which is uh, when he, on the first date with his girlfriend, he said, I want to have five babies. What? Don't say that, please don't say that. But they turned out they got married, so it, uh, things worked out. <laughs> Anyways, on the podcast, we're going to talk about some current events as well. But there's uh, not a lot of cool current events right now, so we can uh, shovel that to another day. Book reviews, we're going to have a book review. Uh, we have both read uh, Jordan Peterson's the 12, 12 Rules for Life. Um, we found that a very <laughs> meaningful book, so we're going to do a book review on that next time. Also, we do want to mention that 
we take this book because we found the author very overworking, very interesting, but we don't necessarily agree with the author's uh, commentary or opinions about life. Um, so just want to point that out and let people know that we don't necessarily agree with what the author has to say. We want to emphasize this isn't a political podcast, so we're not going to talk about a lot of politics. Correct? Correct. Okay, so uh, we're also fans of MMA. There's a very exciting fight that's coming up next Saturday. Uh, Robert Whitaker, who I am a fan of. Um, and then the... Uh, There's a Cuban, Cuban, Cuban national. His name is Yoel Romero. He has um, he has some nice muscles. Um, he works really hard. He has the whole immigrant mentality thing. Um, menta- his mentality is immigrant mentality, so he works very hard, which I admire. Um, you know, I'm a second generation Asian American, so you know, I I honestly I don't I don't work as hard as my dad did. And it's something I try to achieve to do more often. Um, but, yeah, he has nice muscles, so that'll be an, an exciting fight next week. Um, this will be their second fight? Yes, it's, it's, it's a first, rematch. It's a rematch. The first one was amazing. Uh, that's actually the first I had ever heard of Robert Whitaker and the way he handles himself and one of the things that really always sticks out with me I I, I really like enjoy watching MMA I've been watching it for a very long time now but I appreciate when fighters are very humble so I, I feel Robert Whitaker is one like a very humble fighter so is uh, GSP he's another one uh, another fighter that I that I have been following for a while but they're both very very humble which I appreciate that's nice lip service, but... Um, <laughs> and he you, fought his heart out in that last fight. Because if you look back, that knee, like that kick to the knee, which is the reason why Robert Whitaker was out for a year, he fought after that. And that was brutal kick to the knee. And he fought his heart out, and I have to give it to him. Like he, that was an amazing fight. And that's nice lip service again, but um, you previously liked a certain uh, Ronda Rousey, which was the opposite of what you claim you liked about Robert Whitaker. Why the uh, why the uh, change of heart now? <laughs> Ronda Rousey, she contributed to so much to the sport, um, and did so much for women in the sport. It's hard. It, it was hard not to be a fan of hers because she she was an amazing fighter uh, and she contributed so much to the sport. I wish that she would come back. Uh, she would be a great commentator because she is a great fighter strategically uh, or tactically. Uh, how did- I'm really disappointed that she she decided to go to WWE. How do you feel when she didn't touch gloves with Misha Tate? 
and her. I think that it's. I think that some fighters, it's it's a psychological game. They work themselves up. They they really want to believe that they hate their opponent. I, I could be totally wrong. This is just my opinion. But they really want to feel that they hate their opponent because it's only going to give them that that drive to beat them. So I feel like it's more of a psychological game that they play. They um, that they play with themselves in order to hype themselves up so that they can have that edge over the other person. Okay, that's fair. Um, my thoughts, uh, I've, thoughts. I've never been a Ronda Rousey fan, obviously, um, oh. because I like um, I like the hardworking fighters. I like fighters that aren't all Hollywood and um, all show. Although I do like Trail Zanin, and he's a big trash talker. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, she didn't touch gloves. She didn't, uh, she said some disparaging stuff about um, Holly Holm. She said uh, Holly Holm's nice girl act was all an act. So, um, you know, I, I like those, the actual nice girls of the sport, like uh, Misha Tate, Holly Holm, those types. Claudia Cadelia, because she's hot. Um, yeah, Carla Esparza. Shout out to Carla Esparza. <laughs> Hottest woman in MMA. Orange County represent. Um, so bringing it back um, to... Because we both left our jobs, um, which we thought uh, previously, you know, we were in our mid-twenties previously, and um, we thought we had a uh, career that would last a long time with a certain company, but things didn't turn out that way because the company had relocation plans. They gave us a long forewarning regarding when they were going to relocate, and I think that turned out to be a blessing because it gave us a chance or it gave me a chance, uh, Leslie can further expand on how what, what she thought, but it gave me a chance regarding um, deciding what I really wanted to accomplish in life and if I really wanted to uh, work in insurance the rest of my life. Uh, basically, it helped set like long-term, big-picture type goals for myself, whereas uh, previously, when, when you're with a career, you know, in the corporate side it's just day after day month after month um paycheck to paycheck it's hard to set really long-term goals because a lot of your goals are what the company's goals are for you which is to get promoted you know to be a boss someday uh, to get a good performance review and you don't think a lot about the big picture because you're too busy working on your day-to-day -day job to think about the big picture so um for myself um, I read a book called The Power of Thinking Big, and then that book helped, um, help, I'm a big self-help book fan, so I'm sure we're going to be reviewing some self-help books, um, but I, I feel that, um, I read that book and then it helped, uh, expand my forecast and what I wanted to achieve in my adult life, um, from just finding a good job out of college so yeah that's that's my 
position. And then as Leslie said, you have to make a plan, a long-term plan on how you want to achieve those goals once you set those goals. Anything you want to expand on regarding that? Our paths to where we are now are a little bit different, but very similar. <clears throat> I had already had made up my mind before that I wanted to pursue this this career, and I was very fortunate. I know a lot of people struggle with finding what they're passionate about. Um, I just happened to, well, it didn't really fall in my lap, but, you know, I, and I encourage everyone, if there's something that you enjoy, uh, let's say you read a book and you find something really interesting, uh, take a class um, and figure out if it's something that you're really passionate about. I know that's something that a lot of people struggle with, and who knows, it could end up being uh, a career for you, like uh, like it was for me. But just taking those first initial steps are the hardest. It's not going to be easy, but it's definitely worth it um, if you're going to be do, doing something that you actually are, are passionate about. And like Peter said, or like I said previously, just developing a plan for yourself is is essential and just completing all those little uh, those goals that you have and um, you eventually will get there yeah the the finances I know it can be tough because you know sometimes you're raising a family or even personally you know you you're living paycheck to paycheck so it's hard to switch. Um, so you have to be careful regarding finances, but if you do have a plan in place, you can begin to, it's like buying a house. You need to have a long-term plan. Yeah. And I think both of us were very strategic in the sense that we didn't just decide, okay, tomorrow we're going to quit our jobs and that's it. Like for me, it was a whole year of planning. And I know for you, it was similar. You yeah. And ahead of time, and it wasn't something that you just decided, okay, next week I'm going to quit my job, and then I'm going to figure out what I want to do. No, it's something that you you have to take the time and, and really think about it and develop a smart plan for yourself. And it's not something that you're going to do overnight. Yes, I agree. Um, the finances part is really hard, and it's especially for uh, – in, in my industry as a realtor, it takes a long time to build a, um, build a client base. And uh, meanwhile, um, you could be quickly running out of money. So you need to have a plan regarding um, how you can survive day to day. Because um, in, in real estate, in my industry, um, you know, you're an entrepreneur. So you need to be ready to live on some rice and beans for a long time. Yeah, you have to be willing to sacrifice. My transition was definitely not perfect. Um, when I decided to go back to school, that was really obviously scary. I left a career behind, and we were paid well uh, for the most part. And that was very, it's very scary. It's a very scary step to take. And there was a lot of difficulties that I encountered. Um, it was a lot of hard work. Um, but it's it's definitely been worth it. Yeah, I think um, for both of us, um, we both have grown from the experience. Um, I, I don't know what to say regarding that, but yeah, we, we've grown because s sacrifice, pain, hardship, 
it builds character, it builds your resolve, and we want to shift, and then our viewpoints have kind of shifted because of certain struggles um, career-wise and, um, and switching careers. So hopefully with this podcast, we can um, enlighten some listeners out there and it'll be a meaningful experience for both us doing the podcast as well as for the listeners out there. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we take off? Yeah, I think that was a great ending to our first podcast. Okay, have a good weekend, everyone. Adios. Also, one last thing, if you want to follow me, Peter Tam, on social media, my Instagram is visionoftam, all one word. Once again, visionoftam. That's my handle on Instagram, so if you want to see when I'm up to date today, you can do so. Thank you. Bye.